Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Friday, March, uh, nope, Friday, February 9th, 2024. What's happening? It feels like March outside. It's, uh, well, the sun's going down right now. It's about 5.30 p.m. We tried to start recording at 5 p.m., um, finish the thought. It's like 55 degrees out here in Chicago on uh, February 9th, first half of February, which is crazy. February is like this sneaky month where you're thinking like, okay, now we're coming out of winter, days getting longer, but oftentimes it's the most harsh, brutal month. Uh, not so much the last two days. It's been in the 50s here in Chicago, which is just strange. Chicago, you get weird weather, but usually February is a guarantee just pain in the butt. But what I was trying to say was, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to say. It's Friday, February 9th. It's a Beantown podcast. Welcome. Come on in. Stay for a while. Have a good time. Pour yourself a drink or, you know, grab a Diet Coke or some Tang. Tang was being discussed on, I think it was The Wire we were watching yesterday. They mentioned Tang. That reminded me, the pieces all started to come together for me personally in terms of a stream I had. We were talking about or, or Tang was, was being talked about on the wire, T-A-N-G. If you don't know, Tang was like a, I actually have to look up exactly what it was, an orange-ish drink. But I don't know, It was it like soda or was it carbonated? I don't necessarily know, recall exactly what Tang was, but Tang was featured in um, John Glenn's Mercury flight in 1962, and it became like the space po- program drink. It's basically like Kool-Aid, basically, is my understanding, uh, but different variations of it. I recall having Tang ultra randomly, but these things just live in strange crevices in your mind. We were up at my uh, grandfather, my grandpa Bill's house in Wisconsin, must have been early 2000s or something like that, picking up a car, exchanging a car. I don't remember exactly how it worked. We weren't staying for very long, but we had Tang like we were drinking tang in our own car and you're right that's just like the most random thing i could think of but i remembered what i was my original thought from like two minutes ago i'm gonna mention that but what happened last night then i had a dream where i was visiting my grandfather but not at his house not the house that i knew him to live in just this wild like ranch house and the whole family went there and sister-in-laws and everything and there were like 12 of us and one bathroom and it was just a bad time and we couldn't figure out the wi-fi password which tracked like i don't think my grandpa ever had wi-fi in a house but it definitely would have been difficult to uh, obtain that password if he did um so tang to my grandfather's house to weird dreams last night one of those like extended dreams not like a quickie but you know one that went for a while what i was going to say before is that we it's now five well five thirty seven p.m we i try to start recording about five so there's about half an hour 35 minutes between when i wanted to record and when we actually started recording reason for that is my laptop accidentally got unplugged or shut off or something and so i had to reboot the whole thing this old mac macbook pro bought it in uh 2013 so we're about to hit 11 years now and it just takes about half an hour to not only start up but to get to a point where you can actually like close out this is something that pisses me off there are certain apps on my macbook that start up when my computer launches um, one of them is like a vpn um, i don't even remember what the other ones are because i don't even 
you know, I, I don't even think about it. I'm just like close out as fast as I can. But it takes a lot of takes a lot of energy and brain power on the max part to just close those things out. And then you have to try to launch GarageBand, and it's always scanning for jam packs and stuff. And of course, I haven't updated GarageBand since the quite literally probably the Obama administration, um, which is you know getting further and further away as we speak. We'll have this week on the campaign trail in a second here, but. Yeah, next thing you know, my laptop's already at 73%, and we've been recording uh, the show for four minutes. So that's that's where things are at. We're going to get right into it in a second here because we got a lot that I want to cover. Valentine's, this is our Valentine's Day special, Valentine's date ideas. A lot of brainstorming, but a couple things I need to knock out before we get there. First, before I forget anything else, two important things on every show. Listener discretion is advised when you're listening to this program. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Number two, shout out to our good friends in Pakistan. Thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, Hyderabad, Karachi, Khyber Pass, all the stands, really, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, stands, donuts, and beyond. Thank you for listening to our show. Appreciate your support. Speaking of support, a couple of other housekeeping things here. The Beantown Podcast 7th Annual Pledge Drive Telethon Special will be taking place on Sunday, February 25th. So actually, after today, there's only one more episode, and then we're going to have our Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser. It's a live stream on YouTube. Uh, sometimes we'll do some Instagram stuff as well, but it's just like you need to have one device for each platform, so I have to choose wisely. Sunday, February 25th, I think the time we chose was 1 p.m. Central Time, so 11, per- 11 Pacific, 12 Mountain Time, 2 Eastern, and in uh, Karachi. You know, I want to make sure I convert the time there. Of course, I'm going to have to look it up, though. Karachi is 11 hours ahead of here, so that's going to be 2 a... Uh, uh, let's see, no. Midnight midnight time Karachi. Karachi, Karachi when the strike... When the, oof. When the clock strikes midnight in Karachi, that's when Beantown comes to life. So that will be February 26th. The reason I mention it, not just to plug a show in two weeks, but our telethon uh, fundraiser is open. So if you're new to the show, here's how this works. February is pledge drive month. Got a little bit of a late start this year, but we are up and running. If you want details, go to beantownpodcast.com right on the homepage. As you scroll down, there'll be a link to our GoFundMe page. How this works, we raise money every year to cover the operating costs of this program, which would be the um, domain name, uh, beantownpodcast.com, and its subsidiaries, and then actually having a platform uh, host, uh, a podcast platform, which I've always used SoundCloud. It's like 100-some bucks a year. The whole thing comes out to like low 200s a year for the operating costs of the program nothing to do with my precious time and energy and my writing skills that's all pro bono for you pro space b-o-n-o pro bono if look that guy's gonna get out of the sphere one of these days he's gonna have to start a podcast call it pro bono or it could be like an hgtv show where he goes around helping communities and needs yes it's these very same creative ideas and visionary concepts that i'm not asking you any money for but you can actually go to gofundme you can donate now we have all the information about our pledge drive tiers just announced this year for the first time ever the topaz elite club 26 yeah garage bank cut out there and i lost about 
a minute of recording. So I'll try to replicate for that, that for you. What I was saying was the Topaz Elite Club $26 donation and up. This time, uh, this year, limited edition Beantown Podcast tote bags. So if you want in on that for, you know, carrying your, you lugging your books around, lugging. What a great verb to lug. I've been doing Duolingo. I've, I started like first of the year or something like that. Haven't missed a day yet. I'm on like a 37-day streak. I'm killing it. But lugging around your books, your groceries, your knickknacks, whatever you might want to lug around, be part of our Topaz Elite Club. And you absolutely will get one of those. And I'm very committed to doing a better job with our donor prizes this year than we did in the past. Last year, just dropped the ball. And I will own it. I will apologize to anyone who donated thinking they were getting a Beantown Podcast sticker. Here's the good news. It's not like I just said, oh, yeah, we'll do stickers. Sounds good. I actually have the stickers. I just never mailed them out. So if you're ever, you run into me on the street and you're like, hey, Quinn, I'm in the Topaz Elite Club. Where's the sticker? Uh, Follow me back to my apartment. I'll hook you up. Okay. I got uh, got the goods over here. It's just the distribution. So it's just like The Wire. We're smack dab in season two, by the way. Uh, you know, I got the goods. I just need the distribution. That's what Prop Joe's all about. Season two, East Side versus West Side. He's he's coming up to string, and he's like, "Hey, man, I got I got this ninety percent pure heroin, but I'd love some of those West Side towers. Let's work together on this." And of course, Avon in prison is like, "No, no, no." And Stringer is like, "Well, maybe, uh, maybe I'm going to go behind your back. We'll see what happens. We don't know yet." But Prop Joe, what a great character. Robert Chu is that the actor's name? He's passed away now, but. I love, you know, Robert Chu is such a good guy. He was just like a local Baltimore actor. He kills it in that show. And then he like mentored other actors on The Wire as well. And like, you know, he was just like the ultimate, the consummate professional. What a great adjective, consummate. He got a weird, uh, I don't know if this is a zit, a scratch, a bug bite, what I'm looking at here. Oh, I think it is a zit. We're going to pause. We're going to, we're not going to do a live, uh, it's the weirdest spot for a pimple it's almost exactly on right on top of my shin bone on my right leg i don't know if i've ever had a a zit pimple whatever you want to call it there before maybe it's just an ingrown hair not sure um we're going to pop that in a second here but yeah to just close this thought on the pledge drive telethon fundraiser seventh annual february 26 you can donate any time between now and then you also we it's a it's a telethon so you can call you can call us 815-298-7200 we'll post the number on the site on the gofundme on instagram snapchat wherever you follow beantown podcast facebook twitter x i guess uh, you can call into the live show. We usually go for about two hours or so, um, and every year we have new things planned. This year I've got a special challenge that we're going to do on the show. I, I'm not going to announce it yet. Maybe next week we'll save it, or maybe it'll just be a surprise in two weekends here. But uh, we try to do stuff that's fun and new and crazy and interesting every year. So that's going to be in two weeks here, um, and we'll see you then next uh, or in two Sundays. Um, just remind me, it's it's Super Bowl this Sunday, I got to make my picks. We're not doing like a full Super Bowl episode because, you know, that's a tough thing. Like this show could turn into just a straight up sports show. And I think it would work well for me because I love that stuff and I consume it a lot. But I don't necessarily think that all of our listeners are huge sports people. I think some of them are, but towing that line is difficult. Uh, I made a note. I will make my Super Bowl prediction in a second here, but three orders of business, um, including the the zit, which won't be featured live on air. I don't even know if we're going to get anything. I'm looking at it right now. It's not like a juicy thing. It's just like strange. 
Um, I am drinking, of course, Dry January is in the rearview mirror now. This is the Imperial IPA. I can't even remember what it's called. From Surly, Surly Brewing. No, it's not from Surly. It's from Fulton. Um, this is a throwback to Minnesota, Hop Kingdom. Yeah, it's the Hop Kingdom Imperial IPA with a little dash of whiskey thrown in. Uh, so I frosted my pint glass. I got that going. Shout out to uh, Fulton Brewing up there in Minneapolis, South Loop area. And then I do want to shout out our our our, um, our supporters of the show here because you know sometimes we we shaft them on the ad reads, and I want to give them a full opportunity here. Um, here we go. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like heating, cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, my pinky just keeps uh, twitching here. It's killing me. Oh, we got Rachel live on the podcast. You want to do, you, do the ad reads? Oh, she's got a question. Okay, let's pause. Mm, a question about our uh, our pasta. I was so bummed. I went to Jewel this afternoon, uh, and you know, it's just like a very simple lemon butter. It's literally like Chardonnay, butter, cream, you know, your noodles, garlic. That's pretty much all it is. I'm gonna scare up some uh, scare. Another great verb. Jaw or what did I what did, what did we say earlier? I don't remember. But scare. That's a great verb in the context of. Uh, cooking, scare up some uh, some turkey bacon is what I'm going to do, and maybe make it nice and crispy. Break it up in little bits. Mm, that's going to be good. Got a salad, got some wine. It's good stuff. I should have used the pause opportunity. I was talking to fiance of the show Rachel to uh, take care of this uh, weird zit on my calf, but uh, it's, it's not my calf, my shin. Uh, I didn't. So we're going to have another pause in a second here. But to finish things up here, call Steve at 541, longest ad read of all time, 410-0316, or visit HomePrideOregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or visit HomePrideOregon.com. HomePrideOregon Inspection Perfection. Also, a shout-out to the Samsung Q2U series. My MacBook Pro might take half an hour and 30% of its battery life to boot up, but you know what doesn't? The Samsung Q2U series is always fresh. It's always ready to go. Crisp, clear audio quality. One of the uh, Jeopardy categories the other day was, I think it was, it was either Bible or Old Testament, but one of the answers was numbers. And that's one of those books where I'm like, books, I'm just like, I don't know what happens in there. It's a census, apparently, it's numbers, but like, is that the whole thing? Just a whole, you know, 30 books, 30 chapters worth of counting? That uh, Sesame Street vampire would love that. What's his name? Just the count? One Israelite. Two Israelite, three Philistines. Ah, ah, ah. When God speaks, he uses the Samson. And, of course, our good friends, Cuts by Q, Bob, and Weave. We all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's a little like Enter Sandman, only different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, Northwest Indiana, and the greater Chicagoland area. 
From beehives to bangs, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email Cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts, <clears throat> Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com. Oh, I've noticed this one has not been Grammy nominated yet. We watched the Grammys last Sunday, all three and a half hours. I got to say, I've never sat down and watched the Tonys before, but I think the Grammys are my least favorite award show. Just how many times do we need to listen to, I swear there were like four categories in the night where the nominees, you know, it's like song of the year, record of the year, artist of the year, album of the year. The nominees are all exactly the same. So you hear the same little like eight clips of music every single time. And it was Miley Cyrus and her Bruno Mars ripoff. I ain't buying you flowers. Taylor Swift and whatever album it was. And I'm always waiting for the anti-hero. It's me. Hi. Um, who else was was featured prominently? Like one male. It was mostly females. Oh, uh, Sia. No, SZA. One of those two. Whichever one is more famous right now. And it was... Um, she has a song called Kill Bill, apparently, which was a Quentin Tarantino movie. I just killed my ex. Oh, and of course, Billie Eilish. Who was I meant to be? Or whatever her Barbie song is called. And you got her weird brother, Phineas. Not sure if they're like actually hooking up. Hard to say. And then maybe like one or two other people that I forget. But every single time a category came up, it was just those people. And it was just exhausting. Like, shake it up a little bit. Oh, when you need a fresh do something, snap your new. Just call the experts at Cuts by Q. And yes, in case you're wondering, this would have been the year for Daddy Longlegs to get nominated. This was its window and no dice. So that's pretty upsetting. Not super happy about that. All right, we're trying to do the... Uh, the calf thing live on air. I think it might be an ingrown hair because I'm not getting much traction here. Oh, it's definitely an ingrown hair. This might be one where we got to go to the tweezers. Yeah. Hey, BRB, then we're going to jump into Valentine's Day uh, date ideas. And we got a trivia question of the week. Oh, first we're going to do campaign trail stop. So I'll be right back with you. Welcome to a new segment on Beantown Podcast titled, Do You Ever Get Zits That You Think Are Going to Be Awesome Based Off Of What They Look Like And Just How Prominent They Are And They're Not. They they Suck. They Blow. This was this instance. So it was like an ingrown hair, but not one of those gnarly ones you see on YouTube where like 10 feet of hair comes out. This was just like, it wasn't even really, really an ingrown hair. It was just a regular hair that had a zit around it. I don't know if that's the same thing as an ingrown hair, but... There wasn't a lot of growing in going on. So I get, you know, I get the hair out. It wasn't like a juicy pole or juicy pop or something. It was just like a lame hair coming out. And then no, no good action. This thing is like red, got a nice white head. <sighs> Sounds like a penis. But yeah, just disappointing. So that was frustrating. This week on the campaign trail, I had to drink some of my, more of my hop kingdom here. I'm lacking. This week, on the campaign trail, the big attention really shifted to President Biden. So there was some kind of report going on. This is from CNN Politics. 
Biden tries to lay to rest age concerns that may have exacerbated them. E-X-A-C-E-R-B-A-T-E-D. So there was some special counsel, Robert Hur, not Ben Hur, Robert Hur, basically about Biden's handling of classified documents saying that you know he, he didn't break the law or anything like that, no criminal acts. But he did assert that Biden was elderly and forgetful, which ignited a political firestorm that cut directly to the heart of the president's chief of vulnerability in the 2024 election. So Biden uh, did a news conference just yesterday, last night, saying, I know what the hell I'm doing. And basically saying that Biden pointed out that hers report drew distinctions between his handling of classified material and Donald Trump's allegedly criminal and obstructive conduct on the same issue. Biden appeared fired up and passionate. Uh, okay, so it goes on and on and on. But basically raising questions about Biden's age, his mental ability, his cognition. Didn't Hillary got in trouble? This was the thing with Hillary too, right? Before the 2016 election, she got busted for you know documents um, storing them illegally, or just in the improper way. I don't want to say illegally when she was Secretary of State. So now you know Hillary got busted for that. Trump got busted big time for that, and now Biden is being questioned over that as well. Is this just like everyone was? fucking it up and we only started paying attention in 2016 or do we just had a string of three in a row who just are really bad at this i it's you feel like you could just pay someone on your team to take care of your documents and why don't they just i i don't know i there's no way for me to verbalize this in a coherent way but it just seems ridiculous that you'd have three prominent politicians in a row hillary trump and now biden have major issues with this stuff like fool me once okay fool me twice but fool me thrice maybe maybe joe's getting too old i don't know what i really don't want is uh you know joe to pass away or something win a second term and then pass away and then we got kamala who i think would be even more boring than biden and trump hey say what you will about the you know the Trump circus and all that stuff. And it's not that exciting to me anymore, but Hey man, back the politics in 2015, 2016, that whole circus, Jeb, Jeb Bush, Jeb is a mess. Those debates ooh, with Rubio and Kasich and Ben Carson, dude, that was political prime time. Eight years later, we say this every week on the podcast. I'm such a broken record, but man, this campaign trail, it's already February. The election's in nine months. It is so boring. Even the Democrats, we've gotten good stuff in the past. The Bernies and the Klobuchars and the Warrens and the Yang Gangs and the Beto O'Rourke's. This is just it's depressing. When's the last time we had a general uh, presidential general election where the two candidates were like set in stone before it even started? I don't know. I don't think that's happened in my lifetime. I'm not used to that. I'm sure it's happened many times before if you go back, but certainly not in the last, you know, eight or nine elections that I've been, you know, alive to be part of. Uh, really boring. So that's this week on the campaign trail. I guess we have uh, Summer Olympics to look forward to, 2024. It's a leap leap year. 
February 29th. That's coming up shortly here. We could do our, a show on February 29th. It's a Thursday. We'll see what we can get. But yeah, that's what's going on on the campaign trail. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm going to make a Super Bowl prediction, and then we're going to go through, quickly go through, because my laptop's running out of power here, some fun date ideas, and then finish up with our trivia question of the week. So the Super Bowl is this Sunday, February 11th at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. The NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers, uh, who were the one seed, versus the AFC champion, Kansas City Chiefs, who were the three seed. Chiefs had a little bit of a down year as far as their standards and were frankly limping into the playoffs. They've had to go on the road the last two games versus the Baltimore Ravens. And then, no, that was the AFC Championship game. I don't know who they played in the divisional. The Bills. They must have gone to Buffalo. That sounds right. And still, you watch them play and you're like, no, they're not really that good. But they just don't really make mistakes. They don't get penalized. Maybe it's they're good at that. Maybe the refs don't want to penalize them. The whole NFC or uh, NFL conspiracy theory about getting tailored to the big game to sell more tickets is alive and well. I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I do think that aspects of the NFL are fixed, however. Like, I actually firmly believe that. Um, so that's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Niners, weird season. Kicked everyone's ass in the regular season get to the playoffs and they had to come back twice against the Green Bay Packers, a game they were very close to losing, and then the Detroit Lions, a game they were down by 17 at halftime, I think. So it's weird. The vibes were so bad in Kansas City going to the playoffs, and they just keep eking them out. And the vibes were so good in San Francisco going to the playoffs, and they had to come back twice with a, a very unproven quarterback versus, you know, greatest of all time or – one beat of Brady, Patrick Mahomes. What do I think is actually going to happen? I think that the Chiefs defense is the best unit on the field, which is weird because they're not usually known for that. I just don't think the Niners offense is good enough to overcome it, even with Debo, even with Ayuk, even with the CMC. I don't think Purdy can elevate that unit past the Chiefs defense. And on the other side of the field, you know, the San Francisco Niners defense is kind of like ubiquitous or synonymous with, oh, just like lockdown good defense. But they're actually not anything that special. Like they got Chase Young at the deadline, and he hasn't been that impactful. I'm not saying they're a bad defense by any stretch of the imagination, but they're not actually that dominant. And I can't really explain it, but Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Rishi Rice and Marcus Valdez-Scantling and Mikkel Hartman – and Justin Watson somehow are just like beating every defense. It doesn't matter. Um, I could see uh, Bosa, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, whichever one it is, causing some problems for Mahomes, but he's so shifty. He won't get sacked. He'll get out of there. Um, I just think this is going to be another irritating Chiefs game to watch where it's like they're not, they don't look that good, but uh, they're disciplined. They're out where the refs help them out where they can. So I'm taking the uh, Chiefs to win this game. Uh, I'll take um, uh, 20, I'll I'll go 24 to 20 Chiefs over Niners. Chiefs beat them in, uh, you know, four years ago in the Super Bowl. 
and I will take the Chiefs again. So 24-20, Chiefs over Niners is my official pick. I don't have any money on this game. No, uh, I've, you know, in the past I've had like Super Bowl squares, and I know prop bets are you know big this year with the Swifties, but nothing on uh, nothing on my end. I don't know. It's just like if you want to have fun with the prop betting, and I I think I would have fun if I was like watching with a big group or something. But you got to be comfortable with losing up to a certain amount of money. Because if you bet enough, you're just it's almost a guarantee that you are going to lose some money, even if you have a couple wins. And I, there's just something about that like concrete notion of you're going to lose some money by like playing this way, by having fun this way. That just really messes me up. Because I'm like, I'm willing to spend money and not really lose money but like spend money like last sunday went to uh the cso saw Eileen grimaud uh, play solo piano brahms and uh, bach and uh some beethoven and you know i showed like 42 on that went by myself had a fun time it wasn't like a life-changing experience but it was something fun and cultural to do and get back to some of my roots on a sunday and it's like okay you know what 42 dollars is not cheap but it's not gonna break my bank and i had some fun watching it but if I lost, you know, 42 in prop bets at the Super Bowl or, you know, watching the Super Bowl, I just don't think I would have as much fun. So um, I do agree that betting on sports and all that stuff makes it more watchable, more enjoying. I mean, I get super invested in games when my fantasy football players are playing. I get it. But there's just something about the idea of I've worked so hard and gone and, you know, gone to school and gone back to school and worked side hustles and all sorts of jobs and, you know, long hours and all that stuff. The idea of just like saying, Oh no, just, you know, let's do some silly bets and probably not going to win. And, you know, I'll lose 50 bucks and whatever. There's something about that. No matter how much I save, how much I earn, maybe it'll be different when I'm 65 and hopefully retired, knock on wood. But right now, just not scratching that itch. So I think we said something about something similar or akin, A-K-I-N, not Akon, famous uh, African singer, but akin. Last week, it was about buying the BeantownBlog.com web, web domain name for $12 a year. And I was like, that's, that's a pretty uh, low stakes financial investment. But I was like three, three drinks in when I had the idea. And I was like, I don't want to make any financial decisions when I'm three drinks in. So maybe I should start keeping track of of these things. In fact, I'm actually going to put my money where my mouth is. Financial advice, new note on my phone. I really, for the Beantown Podcast, Samson needs, needs to make a hands-free um, device so that I can use two thumbs to type on my phone while we're recording uh, because I'm doing one thumb over here, and it's tough. Don't make decisions after, let's see, I can't even talk and type at the same time, after two drinks. And then what was our first one? Or what did we just come up with there? Don't bet on sports. So I'm. we got a collection going here. Uh, financial advice through the last two weeks. Don't make decisions after two drinks and don't bet on sports. Email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. And that's beantown, B-E-A-N-T, podcast at yahoo.com. What are some of your other key or core financial decisions? And we'll read some of them live on air. If I really like them, I'll steal them. Uh, I do want to mention before we get into our Valentine's Day date ideas here 
the uh, 2024 top 10 horse names special that's going to be coming out, you know, around Kentucky Derby time. So still another two, three months, but I did just come up with our first potential name for 2024 season seven. I'm not going to reveal it. That's boring, but I will use a listener suggestion name you have any sort of name it can be as funky goofy whatever you want but we always try to do one listener suggestion for our top 10 list every year we do a top 10 list of names that could be good for race horses think kentucky derby preakness are meant to just be creative goofy fun don't have to be grounded in reality i try to make mine personally tied to things that um you know i've experienced in real life in some capacity, but get creative, get weird with the spelling, email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com and um, we'll have those, that list for you. We do it every year. So this year we'll have our 61st through 70th names and I will always keep track of the number one names because those are a lot of fun. The original number one, the OG, still never to be beat in my mind personally, Episcopalian, although I really like Pentateuch too. I think it's the E-U-C-H at the end. It's just like, that's so badass. Okay, let's buzz through these so I don't keep you too long and then get to our trivia question as well. A a very scattered, not scattered, because it was all planned and all organized, but just touching on a lot of different topics uh, tonight here on the Beantown Podcast. So thank you for sticking with me. But some fun date ideas. So Valentine's Day is coming up. It is, what, Wednesday? Wednesday, February 14th, and then shout out to my lover, uh, my fiance, Rachel. Um, our current anniversary is February 22nd, 222. This year will be our fourth anniversary. We'll get to celebrate that one more time in 2025, and then uh, just a month, two months after that will be our wedding, and we'll have a new anniversary, uh, which will be exciting. So pen- our penultimate opportunity to celebrate uh, this anniversary, which is just our first date. That's just sort of the date we've picked because there wasn't a day necessarily when we were like, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. It's just like we celebrate uh, our first date, which was down in uh, technically Lakeview across the street from Lincoln Park. But um, these are some fun date ideas. Hey, if you're looking for something to do Wednesday night or next weekend or this weekend, or just you're looking for a spark with your partner, I wrote all of these down while I was on the bike. Um two, three hours ago. And there's a lot of ideas. So some of them may be better than others because I didn't really filter them at all. Excuse me. First idea I wanted to come back to and workshops and new things, but my mind went elsewhere. Anything to do with a hot air balloon. I don't know, man. If you're you're on a, a fun date, you're looking to kindle the romance, what better way to do that than floating wicker powered by fire? There, I feel like there could be like an ABC reality show or Bravo or something where it's like love is in the air. Okay, just came up with that. Trademark it, copyright it. No one steal this idea. We talked about stealing ideas last week. Love is in the air. The first ever hot air balloon centric slash themed dating reality show. How about that? Striking gold. One for one here on the Beantown Podcast today. All right, someone tell Andy Cohen, love is in the air. Anything to do with hot air balloons. I love that canvas. Uh, Second here, watching nature documentaries. And the reason for that is, hey, sometimes you're watching a nature documentary. Gorillas, 
hippopotami, musk ox, musk oxen. We used to have uh, my brother Jack, shout out to brother Jack, had a uh, hunting game on our, our personal computer, PC hunting game growing up. It was one of the last hunting games we had. But this one was more advanced. This was like 2007 or something where you could actually go to different regions like Baffin Island or wherever it was up in Canada or, you know, the Sonoran Desert. I think that's where you hunted javelina, these little pigs. But anyways, up in Canada, you could hunt muskox, probably polar bear. I don't recall. But I didn't, you know, what I remember about that level or that um, world in particular was they made you go hunt up there in like November. So you would legit get, you know, in real life, that would be like four or five hours of daylight in the game. They simulate it so that it's like 20 minutes less than that, probably like 10, 15 minutes. And of course you're walking everywhere and you lose track of your snowmobile. And then it's just, it's dark. So you can't hunt. You got to set up your tent and just, there you go. Uh, but these nature documentaries, things these animals can go from cute and cuddly. You're watching this, you know, gorilla and Jane Fossey, Diane Fossey, and all of a sudden he's walking up, and you're like, "Oh, what's he up to now?" He's 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 venturing over there. Next thing you know, boom, his dick comes out of nowhere. This thing goes from invisible to erect in like five seconds, and he's just going ham on this lady gorilla, like it's you know Jane from Tarzan or something. You're like. That'll get us in the mood. Yeah, I'd say that would do it. So watching nature documentaries with your lover. Uh, especially like seahorses, aren't the The male seahorses, can, they're hermaphrodites. They have both parts going on. That's pretty pretty sensual. Great adjective. S-E-N-S-U-A-L. We've had some good adjectives on today's show. Uh, next up, either cash cab, participating in cash cab or comedians in cars getting coffee because we all know that car sex is a whole wild new experience but imagine how it would take it to the next level if jerry seinfeld was watching you what's the deal with car sex it's so crammed you can barely get your top off yeah it's not an award-winning Jerry Seinfeld impression, but it's an impression nonetheless. We used to do this stupid thing. I don't really have a good contextual explanation for it, but in college, there was the idea floated around once very briefly of combining Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up act with Star Wars, and uh, the idea was to just have Jerry Seinfeld and Darth Maul makeup costume with the red and the black and the horns and what's the deal with all these lightsabers and that's literally it. it's not particularly funny but it's one of those things where if you were there in the moment it was you know as a 19 year old kid just the best thing of all time so there you go uh more here the produce aisle oh man we're talking zucchinis gourds g-o-u-r-d-s uh georgia peaches right that booty I'm thinking Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer and Call Me by Your Name. What are the other uh what are the other uh most explicit produce items out there? I don't know. I feel like gourds and zucchinis and eggplants really rule the day. But hey, don't sleep don't sleep on the those uh, tomatoes with sort of the big creases, you know? Juicy. Mm. Love a juicy tomato ripe that'll get you in the mood uh some more date ideas here (laughs) 
this is ridiculous. A mukbang. A mukbang, if you don't know, is where people go. It's a like a Japanese culture thing where people go on the internet live stream or just, you know, any sort of video stream and they eat so much and it's like a sensual, sexual, not actually, I don't think it is. I think it's literally just like, I'm going to eat a ton on camera and it's like some ASMR type stuff because you're hearing me chewing and swallowing, whatever. But mukbang just sounds dirty already, right? It's like halfway to OnlyFans. It's like you're streaming, you're eating, so you might as well stream and eat and lick some booty. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. I should have mentioned at the top of the show this things were going to get weird at the end. But uh, moving ahead here. nineteen uh, Next idea to kindle up the romance, a date idea. A 1970s key party. The whole – here's the thing with key parties. You see them in, like, media all the time. How real were those things? How frequent were those things? How common were those things? Basically, the idea it's a key party where you go as a couple to another couple's home. You know, there's there's multiple people there. Let's say eight, nine couples, whatever. You get there. There's a fish bowl. You throw your car keys, your house keys, whatever, into the bowl. And then at the end of the night, instead of going home with your partner, one of the couple, one of the partners in the couple picks keys out of the fishbowl and they go home with whoever's keys those are and you go home and you bang and you have hot passionate sex and that's a 1970s key party the whole thing is like i don't know man i feel like our our uh, society now is much less conservative than it was 50 years ago but you had a lot of key parties in the 1970s at least that's what the media has told us so it's a little bit uh a little bit strange here. But yeah, that could be a fun way to re-energize your relationship. Uh, next up, grab some over... I've always wanted to try this one, so Rachel will listen eventually, hopefully. I've always wanted to grab some overpriced airport food and head into one of those nursing mother uh, lactation pods, you know, those things they got kind of out in the middle of the uh, the concourse there, or any, you know, any really any sort of unisex single stall bathroom. But man, those those lactation pods, mm. you go in there, you got some Panda Express that costs you $22 because you wanted the extra fried rice. Oof, those uh, those mothers with, you know, triplets, oct- the Octomoms out there, right? They're just going to have to wait because it's Valentine's Day. Okay, so another good idea for you. Uh, I got four left here for you. On the set of Euphoria Season 3, which, hey, it's not like a thing. It hasn't started filming or anything like that. Like that. Who knows if it ever will. But Euphoria, from what I've seen, which is about three and a half episodes, all sorts of drugs, all sorts of sex. You know, it's a bunch of 28-year-olds pretending to be high schoolers, titties and cocaine, and they got uh, Zendaya. She's doing all sorts of drugs, and her mom's a narc. And you get, say, Sydney Sweeney. Hey, say what you will, but it's Sydney Sweeney, right? This could get your couple... You and your your uh, Nobia, Nobia, that's boyfriend and uh, girlfriend, my Duolingo streak there. That could get you guys in the mood. Uh, these next two go hand-in-hand, hand, nursing home and or battered women's shelter. Uh, obviously, those two things get put together all the time. Nursing home, because I've heard there's a lot of sex going around. I don't think that's a new revelation, but uh, a lot of sex, a lot of jello. Jello, you get shots. Jello, I feel like you could do like weird, like, 
body shots, sexual things, make a mold of my private parts. I don't know. All that is going on in these nursing homes. And then the battered women's shelter. Look, it's just a lot of single ladies surrounded by single ladies. If you're not a lesbian, you're probably looking for for an out, right? The old the, the key here is don't, you know, don't go in there and batter a woman. Just have gentle relations. Okay, gentle relations could be one of our horse names. We'll see. We'll see if it makes the cut. And then finally, uh, uh, I love this one. I came up with this on my walk after my bike ride. A gondola ride in hippo-infested waters because love should be scary. And I also want to point out that's waters plural. I love when you reference or just use the terminology waters with the plural S. So, you know, I could say hippo-infested water, right? It's pretty standard. It's just like, okay, yeah, it's water, like obviously. I love anytime nature documentary or otherwise, you get to say waters. It's like, I feel like it raises the tension, right? When you add that plural S to waters, it's like, oh, there's multiple bodies of water here. Hippo-infested water sounds pretty scary. I don't know about you guys. All right, we got 19% left here on our, on our uh, MacBook Pro, so we got to jump right in. If you have any other, uh, to our trivia, if you have any other Valentine's Day date ideas 2024, season 7, email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Okay, this is the uh, no bullshit part of the show where we just go right through our bullet points and end uh, so that you can get on to your day. Uh, trivia question. In addition to love, St. Valentine, who, by the way, is like a third century saint, so from like 200 years after Jesus, St. Valentine is also the patron saint of these two things. And yes, that's all I'm going to give you. And yes, this is a trivia question where it was like, how do I take this from impossible? And you just have to guess to like way too obvious with clues. I decided to go the way too obvious with clues route. And maybe it will be obvious. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But here are my clues for you. So as a reminder, here's the question. St. Valentine is also the patron saint of these two things uh, in addition to love. So there's two things, one hint for each. Hint number one, apiary. Okay, A-P-I-A-R-Y, I think. I don't know. I didn't spell check it. Hint number two for item number two, flashing light warning. Or let's say bright flashing lights. So, yes, this is going to sound weird because you're thinking like, oh, love-related things. What could that be? Apiary, flashing lights. I don't know. No, forget love for a second here. And you got to go outside the box. So, again, hint number one, apiary. Hint number two, bright flashing lights. If you want more time to take a stab at this, go ahead and pause. But I'm going to reveal the answers now. In addition to love, St. Valentine is also the patron saint of beekeeping, and epilepsy. And that just sounds like the most random, no way in hell could that be true sort of thing as possible, but I did confirm it in multiple sources. The good news, if you didn't come up with beekeeping or epilepsy, I have a bonus question for you. Here it is. Some believe that this author's 1375 poem, Parliament, or Parliament, I'm not sure, of Fowls, F-O-U-L-E-S. I don't know what that means. It's like chicken. I'm not sure. Brought Valentine's Day into existence. So even though St. Valentine existed, third century, whatever, 
Many believe that this author's 19, sorry, 1375 poem. Yes, I said 1375, 14th century. Okay, we're not talking um, James Baldwin or Carl Sandburg here. We're talking about like 14th century. So that should help narrow it down. 14th century poets slash authors. Here is your hint number one. If this author wrote a chapter about Valentine, it might be called The Saint's Tale. So there's your clue. The Saint's Tale might be a good way to describe St. Valentine. Uh, and that's based off of this author's most well-known work, which is the Canterbury Tales. If you don't know the answer, Geoffrey Chaucer, Geoffrey, like Jeff Jenkins with a G, Jeff Jenkins, what a player. Right fielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. There you go. That's our bonus question of the week. Jeffrey Chaucer wrote a poem in 1375, Pyramid of Fowls or Parliament. I can't remember if I misspelled or not. And it referenced a, like a feast on St. Valentine's Day in love. And that was the first sort of reference they have in history of it. So there you go. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through today's technical difficulties. Much appreciated. My name is Quinn David Furness. We got one more show next week, and then we'll have our Pledge Drive Telethon fundraiser in about, what, 16 days here, uh, February 25th, 1 p.m. Central. Don't forget, you can donate by going to beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, uh, or actually, just sorry, beantownpodcast.com. Check out the homepage there to donate. Topaz Elite members getting the uh, commemorative tote bag this year, limited edition. So jump on that fast. All donations are matched 100% to charity. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, kind of the key linchpin here. That's what I had. Uh, final reminder, my prediction, Chiefs 24, Niners 20, and uh, Patrick Mahomes wins Super Bowl MVP. Thanks so much for listening to my program. My name is Quinn. I will check in on you next time. Stay safe, stay sane. And uh, see you soon. Bye.